0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Amongst all the goals and clean sheets of Game Week 17 was a stark reminder that football, and certainly FPL, is just a game. So, firstly, we want to send our best wishes to Tom Lockyer, his family and friends after a horrible collapse at Bournemouth. So the status of that match remains unknown at the time of recording, although that could that could change over the next hour. Um, because we are doing this on Wednesday. Technically, game week 17 is still ongoing until we hear whether it'll be resumed or be played that match. My name is Mark Jobling and with me is Lewis. I guess that makes it hard to conclusively say how our teams did. Um, I see that we both took a four-point hit by Pedro Porro and Dominic Solanke. So we might have an auto-sub
0: coming in. I definitely won't have. <laughs> I've got... Yes, I've got... Um, I've still got Chuck I've still got Lanty. And I've obviously kind of benched Trippier. I kept Haaland this week, so I went into this week with Tamman effectively, and it went okay. I mean, I'll, if I just run through the team, so obviously Debravka kept the clean sheet, which you know was nice considering the the, the awful position that the goalkeeper seems to be. This this season, you know, so it's, it's nice to have a goalkeeper return. I um I had Levi Colwell who who picked up a clean sheet. Costa Simicast got a clean sheet as well against United. Poro was a good transfer and he kept the clean sheet. No assist this week though. Cole Palmer, obviously the standout, I think in in most most teams this week, obviously picked up the goal, picked up an assist, fourteen points. It could have been more. It should have been more. If it wasn't for Brozier missing an absolute sitter, uh, Jared Bowen, he not a lot of people brought Bro- Bowen back in, did they? I think it was only me, you, and a handful as the community that brought him back in.
1: I got to admit, um, I mean, we didn't get to do this, discuss this last week because we unfortunately weren't able to do a pod. So, first of all, yeah. apologies for not doing a, a pod last week, but um, yeah, one thing that was gonna be brought up was I kind of regretted bringing in Bowen. Once the Harland thing happened, because I really could have done with that extra money. But in fairness to Jared, he scored, and if he keeps doing that, then there's no regrets.
0: Yeah, he's just he's just a really he's just really nice asset to have, isn't he? Like I know I know we had a discussion a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, or well, it was our, our latest episode where we were on the fence about him or Gordon, Um I think we both felt that Bowen was a more reliable asset moving forward in terms of minutes. Which is what you need during this period. He's also not very injury prone either, Bowen. It feels, it feels like Bowen's never injured. I'm not too sure, if, like what's going on, but yeah, he he seems always fit and always ready to go. Um, but yeah, he's he's got he's got toughish fixtures moving forward, but you know, yeah, I could see you could potentially see him scoring against Arsenal. But yeah, really like Bowen. Glad I got him, and and obviously he scored last week. Although his teammate Kudus kind of edged him in general with the with the brace, but yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he thought he was nowhere near the returns. It seemed like until he he always seems to come out of nowhere, doesn't he, with a return? Bowen,
1: yeah, he does. Yeah, it was, it was kind of once Kudus had scored twice, there I was just admiring uh, his running the West Ham team and thinking, oh, was was that the way to go? Was that the way to go? But then. then Bowen, okay, well, wasn't as good, but you'll take those eight points, absolutely. And he hit the post as well, didn't he? He did, he hit the post as well. His streak of scoring in away games is over now, but um, let's not (laughs) hold that against him because it was brilliant. Um, So, yeah, West Ham's fixtures look all right. I think while while Salah and Son go off to international duty soon and sort of there's like extra fires to put out there. I feel like Bowen's a nice one to have already in the squad because over those over those games he he looks like he could keep it ticking along quite well.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Just continuing with the team, um I obviously captained Salah last week and he so since I've bought him he's blanked twice in the in in three games. <laughs> so I mean it tells the story of my that's how it's gone all season. To be honest, bring in players; they don't do well. But yeah, he, he blanked against Manchester United. He he wasn't great actually during the game. Like he didn't he didn't even seem close to to returning. Yeah. Saka, so, he well he he was he was okay. I think he should, maybe potentially could have gotten an assist. But yeah, you know, where do
1: you stand on that decision?
0: Well, on? I mean, you've seen him you've seen him giving and you've seen him not giving in the past, it feels like. I mean, it, for me, it, it felt like an assist. It looked like an assist. Um, but you can see why people have questioned it, right? So, I, I don't know. Yeah, he could he could have gone either way, it feels like. But Watkins, he picked up nine points. So I didn't sell Watkins because the whole, the whole 4 3 free setup. So, he did really well. He continues to to do well, I just feel like he's he's just a, an obvious keep, isn't he, for the foreseeable. And then Solanke, obviously, we we don't know what's going to happen with with Solanke's points at this point in time. Although, again, anything could come out. I mean, what I what I could predict happening potentially is is he just stays on six points. Um, but you, you never know, you never know what can happen. I just don't see where they're going to fit in the rest of the game or. If they if they void the points off, but yeah, I mean this, this is probably irrelevant to those listening because it's already happened and they probably already know about it. But
1: well, maybe that's what made recording this this awkward because it it was four days ago when this happened, and it's one day from now until the next game week. So eventually, there had to be a commitment to to doing this. But how late are they going to leave it until game week seven is seventeen is officially closed? Don't know. I mean, I I just thought. The logical solution would be to just meet up again and finish off the 90 but yeah we've
0: seen that we've seen that in other ever, ever, um, european games you know wow. in other leagues where they've been abandoned and they've finished the game so it kind of makes sense to do that then you
1: hear the reports uh, uh, that sort of the rumors online I, I guess it's going off the the rule book rather than insider knowledge but uh, if it does end up being completely wiped and replayed from the start, that, that would be irritating for both sides of schedule, you would think. And surely this midweek would have been a good time to do it. Although obviously the circumstances may mean that the players are still a bit shaken up, of course, as you would, especially the Luton guys. But uh, yeah, like when, when is that going to fit in later on in the season? It's, it's, yeah, tough one.
0: That's that's the problem. We d- I mean, we don't, don't know what's going to happen. So I'll just kind of read off the, the points and the rank and stuff and then just see what happens. If Solanke's, if Solanke does become a void and his points become a void, then I've got no one coming off the bench. So effectively I would have played with nine men this week, but as it stands, um, I've got 74 points, take away the four points uh, for the hit and that's 70 points. So I was 1.5 million last week, which was shocking. It was awful. Um, yes a little bit of um, a little bit a little bit of fortune this week getting back into i think it's around 900k so yeah i mean it's a big 600k climb as it stands again we don't know what's going to happen with Solanke's points as we as we are recording but you know hopefully they stand but to
1: yeah. rise like that with only nine players possibly is is pretty impressive i think uh, you you would t- yeah. at the start for sure to get a green hour after that
0: yeah, I mean it, it was it was a good it was a good week overall and I think I I didn't see a clear replacement for Haaland because obviously a lot of, a lot of other people have the you know the free 5 2 formation right they play that week in week out whereas I play the 3 4 3 so I've got three forwards so I, I already had Watkins um Solanke. so for me to sell Haaland I would, I would really struggle to look at options elsewhere, I would have had to take a minus eight to, you know, go for a five-man midfield. Then it would be difficult to bring Haaland back in. So I was looking at the options for Haaland, and one of them, good job, I didn't let you go. There was, uh, was Raúl Jiménez. Oh, I was, um, yeah. yeah, I was close. I, you know, I, I nearly went there, and uh, he got a red card. So, yeah, he, he would. It, you know, I I felt okay. I looked at my team with nine men. I thought that's that's a pretty good uh, with tan and I thought that's a pretty good team for 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 ten men. And I think a lot of my week was counting on Son to blank because pretty much everyone knows Son, don't they? So him blanking kind of felt like we were all level, you know, for for, for you know for for man in a sense. So when he blanked, obviously that was the, the first positive. Things happened in my week, and obviously Porro came in good as well. So, yeah, it was it was a good week.
1: Well, for me, for my team, it was the first hit, the first four-point hits taken up the season, and I sort of really don't like doing them and was extremely reluctant to do it. So when the first match of the game week saw Pedro Porro score eight points, it immediately felt like a relief. And then when Solanke scored against Luton before it was abandoned, that... That was a real moment of oh, it paid off. Thank you for that. Yeah. But of course, if it turns out that the match is wiped and he comes off, technically it was probably a bad decision. But because of the circumstances, I'm not going to beat myself up about it because the players did it. It was just a freak situation, unfortunately. And if um, if it is totally wiped and Solanke drops down on the bench, I've got LaSalle's clean sheet coming in. So it's Six points either way. So it's another good green arrow again. I think after the after the hit it would be 72 points. Um if, if that's mm. how it goes, either Solanke's six or Olocell's six. And yeah, that it was really sort of fearing this period of like festive matches, but the green arrows recently it was after game week eleven was just inside the top million and now around sort of hundred and forty thousand. So, Ooh,
0: that's quite good. It's, it it's, seems like you're having a good season.
1: It's completely turned on its head recently. I can't believe it. So, yeah, it was it was one of those strange ones where, like, clean sheets have been so hard to come by, and yet mm. all of the back line, like, Vassels comes in. That's the back five, all with clean sheets: Dubravka, Gabriel, Simicass, Paul, Vassels. Um, and then yeah, the midfield wasn't quite so. I mean, to have captain Salah Blank was frustrating, as with Sun. Yeah. Although to be fair, Son last week. Got 17 points. so I'm not really going to, you know, hold that against them. Uh, the Saka one was controversial. Bowen, Palmer, Solanke, Watkins, a lot of that team hit. So was really quite happy with that. So it was.
0: Yeah. Uh... I, I mean, just, just touching upon the Salah, again, it, because it was the last game of the week, wasn't it? So I think a lot of people were going into that thinking because his ownership wasn't. It, you know, his effective ownership wasn't that high, was it? So you were gaining like a lot from, from Salah's returns. So I went into that match pretty excited, but yeah, nothing from Salah. It could have been so good.
1: And it was similar to you, and at one point was considering Raul Jimenez to come in, thinking, yes, you know, his his Game Week 18 match is a perfect way to cover Harland's blank. Um, didn't go through with it, and and thankfully, really, because, yeah, he decided to just do some assault on a, on a Newcastle player and uh, Newcastle eventually won that. It, it, I think it, it would have been quite an interesting game if it stayed 11 versus 11 but then eventually it happened as you'd expect um, against 10 men but yeah so he he, he totally blew that open so thankfully it wasn't him because he would of course be suspended as well so that would, uh, that would have been a bad idea. I sort of was starting to regret as I say the taking Mbumo out for Bowen when bringing in when bringing in Gordon would have meant Haaland could stay in the team and it would just be a third striker going from yeah. the Solanke I was thinking about that and thinking yeah then you'll have like an eight man attack probably quite a sensible idea at this time of year and that would have been afforded by taking the Gordon route but as we'll come to um, after the after the midweek uh, cup match against Chelsea, um, Gordon looks to be a bit of a doubt for the weekend now. And the worst thing is we're not going to hear probably from Howe before the deadline. So it's going to be pure guesswork.
0: Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? Gordon, one of the... He's really... He's, he's well-owned, isn't he? He's one of the highest-owned midfielders, isn't he? So, I mean, it'd be great for me because obviously... I don't have Gordon. Gordon and Son seem to be my two biggest enemies going into every single gate week, it seems. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, he's fine and the injury's fine, but I'm kind of also hoping that he doesn't feature in the game at all. So, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. How it goes. Not
1: just that as well. Like, uh, Alvarez is quite highly owned and, and he's not going to be a threat either. So, uh, for both yes. of us, if, if there was no Gordon or Alvarez, it would look, in theory, like um, it could only go one way for us, but those are probably famous last words. Um, so that that would be something interesting. But I think Eddie Howe's comments after the game on Gordon. Well, they were they were sort of typically Eddie Howe. They didn't really say anything. Yeah. They said everything and nothing. At the same time, was it precautionary? Well, the halftime substitution of Botman was planned, so that there's nothing to be worried about there. So was was the Gordon removal just as uh, precautionary, who knows? I remember just watching it and just thinking, why is he still out there? Just take him off. <laughs> take him off. There's no, there's nobody else. Every possible candidate to play on the left is injured. Barnes is injured. Isak wasn't in the squad. Joe Linton wasn't in the squad. Jacob Murphy's out for a while. Uh, Willick's out for a while. Like, what we really don't want is Matt Ritchie to be starting a Premier League game. Yeah. When 2024 is about to start, that would be the. The disaster and, and that's looking more and more likely now so that Luton game looks like a banana skin in all honesty uh the, the way they've been recently so yeah Gordon Gordon's status is up in the air and there's a good chance it won't get answered before the Thursday deadline mm. and I guess that comes to the the more general question about navigating the Christmas period because we got as I say, Thursday stretches to Christmas Eve. So, again, we get stretching over a few days with a further two rounds before New Year. A few matches. Some teams like Chelsea and Wolves have, have the nastiest gaps between them. They sort of both play on the 24th, 27th, and 30th. So, only two full days between each one. Do you, do you think maybe we should start worrying about Palmer's m- minutes being managed? In that time, it would, be, it would be natural wouldn't it, if with if, if Kung Fu back if, if
0: Palmer was well, I think I think what, what we were talking about a few a few episodes ago is is what could be happening. I, I remember saying that Poch is under pressure, so there's a chance that he keeps starting his stronger squad and, and strongest players, and it seems that way because the cup game a good time to rotate. Or, or I know I know it was a kind of a quarter final, but I still exa- expected some rotation or Palmer to not start and come on. But it, it just shows that that Poch, you know, he, he is he is under pressure, you know, the, the Chelsea community, the fans, they aren't happy. A lot of them are going against him. And he probably he's probably picked that up. So I feel like he he needs to keep on winning at this point. Yes, we beat Sheffield United, but everyone beat Sheffield United, and we were very lucky against Newcastle yesterday, even with our strongest team. So I don't know. I, I look at the schedule, and and yes, it is tight, but it just feels like we we need to win every single one of those games, and Poch does as well. Now, obviously. Nkunku is back. He He's not fully fit yet, which probably helps other assets, but I kind of feel like still, um, and this is something I said in the past, that if Nkunku was going to come on or star, I kind of feel like it would be ahead of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that Nkunku would just replace Jackson and would keep playing Palmer. So... I, I don't look at Palmer as, um, as, a, as a concern moving forward. I still think he's... I think there's a chance he could start every single game. Obviously, I could be wrong because it's a busy period, you know. But I just feel like Palmer will probably start. I guess the, the, the,
1: best, the best thing for Palmer's owners is that he's just hauled in the league match before. So he's, he's kind of made himself not quite undroppable, but he, he's just basically give Poch a win there single handedly, almost single handedly. Um, yeah. and, and that would just sort of emphasize to him that hey, you know, maybe Sterling is the next guy to rotate. Maybe maybe he's the one who's gonna benched once and Jackson might get benched once, but but maybe not Palmer. So that that's he's timed his whole quite well there.
0: Yeah. I think we'll I think we're gonna see more rotation in the back line and potentially with Jackson and you already mentioned Sterling I think that's where we're going to steal rotation I think Palmer's probably one of the least likely to, to be rotated um, feel Levi, weird saying.
1: <laughs> Levi Colwell last night he came off but it, it seemed to be more tactical perhaps than, than anything to be concerned about is that right?
0: Yeah, well, I think there was. I think he wasn't right or something during during the first half. He didn't he didn't look right. So I think potentially just a rest, and he and he starts starts the next game. He is one to watch, though. I mean, if he's struggling, then you know, I think I think it goes back. All this talk goes back to making sure we have um, depth, you know, on on the bench and and, and decent players ready to come on because. It's all right having players to, you know, like Archer, who are just going to come on and get a point. But I think it's so likely that players aren't going to start or be rested or get injured now that you probably need a really good first step or a decent, you know, decent squad depth.
1: Yeah. It's like we said the other week, it sort of emphasizes that need for depth and also making sure that the players that we do have are sort of nailed on ish. Like, and, I guess this time of year will really test what nails on means, but people like like not far behind with the with the tough schedule is like Manchester United and Everton and Forest. But you would still look at someone like Bruno Fernandez and say, well, you're probably a safe starter in all of them. For example, there's, there's guys like that who, as we say, yeah. sort of Bowen. He's not gonna. He's not. You don't think he would be in danger. Watkins. Uh, Solanke. Solanke. Arteta is known for playing Bukaya Saka through every possible scenario, even if he's limping, he's he's going to play him ninety minutes. So yeah. I think stay on track with those sort of players, and it will be fine. And if it does go wrong, then well, we're all suffering together. So you're probably not going to lose track on on the on the mass on the mass community. It's probably something that we're all going to suffer together, and then we just emerge on the other side in January. And, Hopefully without much damage done, but if this could go either way. And even teams like Nottingham Forest, they're going to be hard to call because they've just had the managerial change. Yeah, yeah. sign up coming in. Whether Matt Turner in goal, I mean, certainly people with Ariola and Turner as the combo in goal—that's sort of a big area. That's like flashing red right now because Ariola. Uh, didn't play and they finally kept a clean sheet. And then Turner did play, but um, sort of didn't cover himself in glory there. So, add that to the uncertainty of a new manager coming in, you know, he, he could be back on the bench again. So, certainly, those with, with that combo might have to use a very precious transfer on a, on a goalkeeper right now, which would be difficult. Because you wouldn't even say Dubravka is that safe going forward. Like you might get the next few games, but it gets tough for Newcastle in the new year, and then there's still the chance that a goalkeeper's coming in. So it's probably too late to jump on Dubravka as well.
0: Yeah, it's 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 awkward as well because obviously Petrovic has stepped in for for Sanchez while Sanchez is out injured. There's, I don't know. I haven't um, caught up with the with the Sanchez injury news. To see when he's coming back, either. So I think a lot of people went for Sanchez, didn't they? Thinking, okay, he's safe; he'll play every single game. And then, you know, as well, same with Jose saw at Wolves. You know, there's there's been quite a lot of goalkeeper injuries as well. So as if the position wasn't bad enough, there also there also seems to be some sort of like curse, injury curse around goalkeepers at the moment.
1: Yeah, it really does feel like that. And then you have a team that that genuinely has a, a brilliant turnaround of fixtures like Brighton. They play on like Thursday, Thursday, Tuesday, which is magical compared to the other teams. But of course, their problem is the Derby is notorious for rotation in goal as yeah. well. So that is a bad way. If you could pick one team to have a, a nice stable set of uh, gap between matches, you wouldn't pick Brighton. Even if you did get a Dingra or Mitoma, for those Christmas games, they're about to go off the AFCON or the Asian Cup. So, yeah, all you've really got there is gross, perhaps. So, Brighton's probably another one to stay away from. It's, it's very easy at the moment to name players not to go for. And Brentford have a nice one. Brentford, because they're blanking this week, they don't play between 17th and 27th. But, of course, and Mbumo's hurt and Visa can't score. So that's, that's
0: yeah, team. they're an issue, aren't they? they? It's going to be difficult to see where their goals and stuff are going to come from. I mean, Lewis Potter—he's—he's he's likely to start most games now, isn't he? And he obviously scored in the in their most recent match. So, yeah, in one of the most recent matches. So, I don't know if he's convincing enough. They just—they're just not a team that I'd want to look to. I don't think.
1: And then. There's also the Erling Haaland situation, which is a topic in itself, really, because he's... Am I right in saying he's been ruled out of the Club World Cup? But he's just doing individual training, so whether he's back for game week 19, we really don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's a tough one, because I'm... I mean, obviously, we'll talk through my plans shortly, but... I think I'm in a position where I either have to bring in a very very budget defender and there's not a lot there for around the 4 million bracket or replace Haaland and I don't really want to sell Haaland because I kept him last week. It's probably a good thing I did because I would have gone for Raul Jimenez but yeah, yeah it just it feels like well he's in training isn't he he's, he's doing training and we saw that today this you know uh, Fabrizio Romano uh, posted a tweet that he was in training, so he's back. But we don't know if he's going to be ready for the next game. But you, I mean, you'd imagine he'd be ready for Boxing Day, right? You know, is it six six days until the next league game? So I don't know. It's it's a tough one. We need we're going to need something closer to the, the time, aren't we? We're probably not going to get it.
1: I think what makes it tough is, I know, like personally, when I did the hit for Solanke last week. The plan was, and one reason I was really against doing it was because it was only probably going to be for two weeks and then you'd reverse the transfer and bring Haaland back in for game week 19. But even if Haaland is back for that one against Everton, Mm. the game after that a few days later is at home at Sheffield United. So could Pep sort of see that as a rest for Haaland? Like, could he sort of ease him back? Yes, give him the Everton game, which would be tricky. But then, as you say, you know what, you only get one of those games, Alvarez up front, Sheffield United, in which case, well, it might be best holding off on Haaland until afterwards when Salah and Son depart and you could sort of afford to get him back in and do a little bit of a reshuffle then. But it's really hard to call those two Christmas New Year games when they're so close to each other.
0: Yeah, it is really tough. it's always it's always tough taking a risk on and not starting, isn't it? Because obviously, well, we know why. You know, he could he could go mental in in kind of any given game. You know, you could give him half an hour, you know, sixty minutes, or even a first half, and he could still score two or three goals. And he's obviously very well owned as well. So it's 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 uh, it's a tough one to to try and navigate. I think. I, I think I'm hoping to hold on unless I see, you know, news that he will definitely be out because I feel like, again, you know, there's a chance that he's he's in training now or individual training. I think there's a chance that he could, he could probably stop. There's, I mean, he could be completely okay. You know, we don't know. He could have just been on holiday um, regardless of what, what has been said. You know, he could, he could just be taking a break. So, I mean, he could be fully fit as well. <laughs> there's so many, so many coulds, ifs, and buts. We just don't know. So for me, the I don't really want to take a risk on 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 selling or relying on Haaland not playing. So um, and for me, there's no other really obvious striker options for me to move to. You know, in terms of I've got Salanke, I've got Watkins. I'm happy with that. So you know, maybe I just go for another defender. Yeah,
1: it's think about. I mean, you, you do say that about sort of you risk Haaland not starting, but. So many managers have sold him sort of going into last week. I think it was one point I don't know, I want to say one point six million or something. And then this week with the blank, that's it's, it's gonna probably be another half a million to a million. So there is a chance that maybe his ownership might not be so scary and therefore makes it a more manageable risk. Like if his if yeah. his CEO, effective ownership was up to I don't know, forty percent or something, you could maybe take a bit of a breather and say well, you know what I'm going to risk it for these two and then do a double swap to take out Salah and bring in Haaland whatever but it would be brilliant if Guardiola could give a solid update but uh, we can't rely on that at all it's, it's a tough one and then uh, he's similar to Eddie Eddie Howard in that respect like Newcastle have a decent recovery between uh, the 26 against Forest and then New Year's Day against Liverpool it's kind of the, the returns of Byrne and Botman sort of put Lascelles and Livermento in jeopardy. You got Wilson and Isak competing. Gordon was probably going to be safe, but now he's hurt. In terms of Newcastle players, it's really hard to say. It. And even if you have Trippier, like, poor guy, he, he, something's happening with him at the moment. Yeah,
0: there is something going on with Trippier, isn't there? Um, it feels like I am Trippier, obviously.
1: Whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch, whatever, there's, there's something not quite right. in and it was another unfortunate error uh last night and his head just I mean he, he shouldn't have taken the penalty, really. I don't know Newcastle, yeah. don't really there's not much else out there. Um for penalties, but really like you just knew he was gonna miss that penalty and he did, and of course, the post match put photos, he looks so down. And if numbers weren't so limited in Newcastle right now, you would probably say Trippier maybe gets given a, a few games off just as just a get his head back in the game but uh such is the schedule he he might be starting straight at, straight in at luton but either way uh bless him he's he's been he sort of spurred on the revolution at newcastle but uh it's fans and the the club are going to support him whatever it is but there's been a lot of high profile mistakes recently like to a yeah. level that it's kind of you don't really see that many in in such a short space of time so if you do want Trippier, even then, you'd probably be a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah, I think for those that have got him, you just hold him right. You know, he's 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 probably going to start. You know, he's had a couple of games, a couple of games off. I know he, I think he came on at half-time, didn't he, in the Cup? But obviously, he was suspended for the for the game before. So, you know, he's he's had somewhat of a rest. Um, it didn't help that he came on and made, made mistakes in the Cup game. But yeah, I think in terms of, I mean, fitness-wise, he should be okay, but mentally, maybe not. So, I don't know. He, the fixtures are there for Newcastle, aren't they? Short-term, like, you know, they're really good. I think I think you've got Luton. Obviously, you've got Luton, Naxx and Forest. but then it's Liverpool, City, Villa. But for the next two, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'd be rushing to bring him in. But I'm quite happy to own him for the next couple, at least.
1: Absolutely. And before we move on to our our own plans for the week, what do you think about some of the other highly owned players that could be in danger of rotation? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Darwin Nunez, Simicas, uh, Gabriel at Arsenal. Like it's it's been a suspicious few weeks without rotation for him. Does that mean we're about to get one?
0: Yeah, potentially. I think with with. With Darwin Nunes, it's it's difficult. I owned Darwin Nunes for quite a while, didn't I? Yeah. Um I sold him um because of I think I I think I rage sold him out <laughs> last week and I just really wasn't happy. He he's his you, you can see he's not his confidence isn't there, you know, he's picking up yellow cards. So he's frustrating because you hope that he does play, his stats are really good. In terms of you know how many attempts he's having on goal, how many shots in the box, but when it comes to the, his actual quality, it, it's an issue. You know he's he's not that good. So although exciting, he's he's just he's not proven to be a, a good solid FPL asset. So whether he's starting or not. You know he he's 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 a bit he's becoming a little bit of a liability in terms of you know of an act, uh, of an actual FPL FPL asset. So I sold him. I, I'm glad I did. He he obviously played United. I think he got a yellow card. He could have quite easily gotten sent off um, because he was I think he was clapping the referee after he got yellow carded, which uh, which isn't you it's not something you do. So. Yeah, I think he could be a risk in terms of minutes, but I just don't think he's, I I, just wouldn't want him at this point. And maybe that's just me because I've had him for longer than other managers. But yeah, he he could definitely be rotated. I think Simicast maybe, potentially, you know, he he feels okay to keep Simicast. Like, I don't mind keeping him for the, for the, for the, you know, the fixtures had, you know, Arsenal, Burnley, Newcastle, Bournemouth. You know, he's he's not a fire personally. And he seems to be starting most games as well, doesn't he? In in terms of the in terms of the Arsenal centre backs, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's Liverpool next, who are, you know, well, one of the best teams offensively. Um and they haven't been keeping clean sheets, have they? I mean, they kept. I think they kept one against Brighton, which was great. He
1: was really surprised I, at that, like considering Brighton yeah. scored in every game since I don't know was it February or something. Like for Arsenal to be the one to to end that streak was a nice surprise for owners.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. Is I think that's it, it. Just feels like that. It, for me, it feels like if you for the Arsenal centre-backs. I think if you've got them, you just hold them because, you know, after Liverpool, it's West Ham, Fulham, Crystal Palace and uh, and and Forest. So, you know, there is there is potential there for the Clemson. I think you've just got to hope that Gabriel starts all of them. I mean, personally, as someone that doesn't own any Arsenal defence, still not completely convinced by the, the actual potential the Arsenal defenders do have. Obviously, We've seen them score the odd goal in the past, but I think when you when you okay, a lot of people are probably going to want to bring in a defender just for clean sheets at this point because there's you know there's such a lack of them. But if I was weighing up an Arsenal defender against someone with a bit of attacking threat and and you know maybe a bit of potential for a clean sheet, I'd probably back the other back the other assets. And I think it costs quite a bit as well, don't they? Obviously, Gabriel's five million. I think Saliba's what five point five, five point six, is it?
1: Yeah, he's gone up quite a lot over the season. Um, Yeah, they're they're a bit pricey now. I know what you mean. Like, Even though Arsenal's defence, their underlying stats are probably the best overall and kept of joint most clean sheets. There's there's something about them where I'm never entirely confident that they'll do it. That's, again, why the Brighton one was a surprise. Um, And it sort of brings us on to what our plans are for the game week because me... I sort of have Simakas and Gabriel. And yeah, it's like one of them at least has got to play this week in my team. But between them, they're against each other. I really don't know which one. Do you go for Simic, Who's more likely to keep a clean sheet, Arsenal, Liverpool against each other? I don't know, maybe... Never- a tough
0: it's a tough one. Tough one. And then I the think-
1: and threat, Gabriel scored three goals last season, but Simicas is the fullback, so...
0: Yeah, I think I think you probably. I mean, in those cases, I usually back the home team. Liverpool are at home, aren't they? Arsenal are away. On the fact that Simicass has got attacking threat, you know, he's on corners as well. I think I'd probably back him. Um, yeah, I feel like I would back Simicass, and I have got Simakas and i and I'm probably going to be starting him this week.
1: And what are you planning to do? Have you? Have you is, it, is it one free transfer? You've. Got. It must be after
0: the hit, right? One one transfer. We transfer this week. Obviously, Haaland's not got a fixture, so I've put him on the bench. I've got no bench, so bearing in mind I've got no bench options. So I've got I've got Harland Lampteen on the bench. Starting is Dubravka. It's a back four, so it's Colwell. So he, he's someone that I'm gonna to have to keep an eye on as well. Trippier, Pedro Porro, Timikas. In midfield, There's four in midfield, Palmer, Bowen, Salah, Saka. And up front, it's just the two, Watkins and Solanke. So in terms of the attackers, I'm absolutely fine with, you know, Solanke will start, Watkins will start, Saka, Salah, Bowen, Palmer should all start. But obviously, it's the back line, you know, constant problems with the back line. We've seen that all season, haven't we? You know, whether that be, we're not totally convinced they will keep a clean sheet or injuries or... You know, there's so many issues with the back line. I think is OK this weekend, so is Trippier, and so is Pedro Porro. And now it's, it, it's Simicas and Colwell. So the, the issue is, is I do I do like Simicas. You know, he's someone I want to keep, and the Chelsea fixtures are good as well. So realistically, long-term, I want to keep, well, short-term, we'd say, the next three or four. I'd want to keep Colwell and Simicas. So then it's looking to the bench. You know, I, I need... I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to need an option on the bench. I can't just keep going through weeks, um, you know, having no bench and, and hoping all goes well. So the problem is, is, is the lack of budget. I suppose if I didn't go for Bowen and went for Gordon, I'd have more budget. But then obviously we'd have, I'd have the issue of whether Anthony Gordon's going to start. Lampy is 3.9 million, so I would need a defender around 4.3 or less. Someone that's going to start, someone that has good fixtures and someone that I can play, you know, just in case. So this sounds so stupid. I was looking last night and I I, obviously Everton, you know, they're going well. They're keeping clean sheets and stuff and Bramfoe is a potential option because we expect him to return to the starting line at this week. But they have tough fixtures, you know, they've got Tottenham, then they've got City. They've got Wolves away, which and Wolves are pretty good at home, by the way. Um, and then they've got Villa, so I really don't like those fixtures. And then it just kind of it came to me, it came to me regarding Gusto and Chelsea, but obviously I'm blocked from that, and I don't know if Gusto will play. I can't quite reach and ask the Villa defender, which I think a lot of people are going to go for. Obviously, there's there's doubts around Paul Torres, who would probably be the standout. I think Dean will start. You know, he started before his suspension, he started the last, I think it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One of them, it was a lot. Games. so Dean, you know, personally a bit of a troll for me, Dean in the past, and probably for many others, so he's an option. But the safest would probably be Konza, but he's 4.5. And obviously I'm not point too sure. So if forced to bring in a defender, a cheap defender, then I have looked at, and this sounds absolutely insane, a Brighton defender, and mm-hmm. in particular, yeah, I know, <laughs> in particular, um, Santavac Jean-Paul Van hack So he's four million. He's, I think he started the last seven game weeks in a row for Brighton, so he seems to be avoiding a little bit of rotation at the moment. And the Brighton fixtures, okay, Brighton can't fan, but long term the fixtures are OK, Crystal Palace, Tottenham's going to be tough. West Ham, Wolves, Luton, Crystal Palace. But I haven't got much to spend on the defender. So if I'm going to bring in a £4 million defender around that, then I think it could potentially be Van Hack. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they have really good fixtures, you know? And, and I suppose Brighton are going to keep clean sheets eventually, aren't they? Or at least you'd hope. At some point it will. In a strange
1: way, I could sort of see it. Coming at Palace, you know it's it's sort of a, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, Thursday night on the telly, the lights are on, and you know it, it could be a gritty one, and just over time, surely Brighton will eventually keep one. And yeah, the other options are, you know, it's not going to be Charlie Taylor because he plays at Burnley. Maguire yeah. injured for Man United as well, so as you say, exactly. Branthwaite's fixtures. So there's there's really. Is virtually nothing. You probably wouldn't get on when you You probably wouldn't get Lascelles right now.
0: It's... Well, the issue is with with bringing in LaSalle's. is I already have Tripp here in Dubravka. Oh, right, so, yeah, yeah. So that would mean triple, up. up. So, I, I like again, you have just highlighted there my 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 kind of the, the issues I have coming out with a solid transfer plan this week. Although again, you know the I mean the Bryan fixtures are good. They're so bad defensively. We've seen that, but we know what they're capable of. You know, we've seen how good they can be defensively. I guess a lot of it's just hope. But at the same time, is 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 he is Van Haak? You know, one of the best pounder defenders moving forward. You know, he could be, especially when you take into account all the injuries and stuff that we've got. You know, I wouldn't have to start him every game. He he'd just be a bench option. Um, you know, someone that's going to step in when needed. And I think at four million, I can't see me. You know, he's not exactly blocking the space. I won't be tripping him up on Brighton assets anytime soon. So, yeah, he he feels like a good option. You know, his game time's good. He's one of the only players actually that seem to be getting regular game time. You know, starting every single match in the league. So, yeah, it could be could be Van Haak.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, because I must admit I was looking uh, recently, looking far ahead into sort of the new year and and you know. Who could be whoever comes in to replace Salah and Sun could be real differentials. It could be quite exciting, actually, an exciting few weeks because um, even if people like Ford and, and Richarlison or oh, that might be popular, there's the potential yeah. to, to do crazy things with those two spots. And I did sort of notice at that point how good Brighton's fixtures do get. There was more thinking of, about it from a from a midfield point of view, but you, you're right. Like it, it, in the defense, in the back line, surely. There is at least one or two clean sheets there eventually. And hey, maybe it comes before then. Maybe it comes on Thursday. As for me, well, you've sort of hinted at it already because I am one of those who really wants an Aston Villa defender. And all along, it was going to be Pau Torres. Sort of weeks and weeks ago was sort of had my eye on him because I thought, well, he's, at, he's on more points than Cash. He scored two goals just like Cash, and he's starting every match unlike Cash. You know he's risen a couple of times. He's a slight doubt of the weekend. So unless, unless Emery sort of gives a a good update on him before the deadline, may just go for this slightly safer as we concert pick. Villa have won fifteen in a row at home. It's Sheffield United at home next, and it's, it it just seems too obvious. Maybe too obvious actually. Yes, good point. But um, gonna wait for that Cameron Archer goal to just. Stay on everyone's bench <laughs> but destroy the clean
0: sheets. Um so Yeah, I mean if it was me personally, uh, if I had if I had the budget to upgrade uh, to Power Ta- Torres or concert this week, I absolutely would. I would also as I was saying, I've got obviously Colwell and and Simikas. if I transferred one of them out, it would be to him. But then again, I would be leaving myself short on the bench, I would have no bench. Which is something that I continuously keep skipping over, you know, just just prioritising the main eleven. But I I really need a bunch player, especially during this Christmas period. So it's a shame I can't get to the likes of Paul Torres and Conza. Really is, but
1: yeah. And then the the debate after that is, well, who does it come in? Who do they come in for? So for me, the plan was probably to take out the cells because botman's back burn is back it's inevitable that his spell in the team is about to end but then then febby and share got injured as well so if that keeps him in for the next one or two games it would feel a bit silly taking him out before these two games before you castle play luton forest it would feel a bit wrong but then i know for the long term benefit of the team it's right that he sort of quite imminently leaves so It'll either be Lacelles or Simicast to go, probably. But yeah, I don't really want it to be Simicast either. Although his, I think Robertson's due back in January as well. So that's also worth keeping an eye on. But uh, instead of sort of looking three or four weeks ahead with these transfers, it, it probably is just worth just looking at the absolute short term of these two game weeks back to back. Lacelles is probably going to get both of them. Simicast looks good for a bit. So. It could be a bit silly selling one of them, but I really would quite like a Villa defender in, and probably Watkins as captain, because yeah. uh, because it can't be Haaland, and Salah has Arsenal, and as I say, it just seems too obvious. Villa at home with Chef United,
0: yeah, pretty straight. It feels pretty straightforward, doesn't it? This week, captaincy. I think if you're going to take a punt, you could potentially look at the likes of Palmer. You could even go for Solanke, but for me, you know, when you're looking at when you're looking at for teams to target, Sheffield United are one of them. And then you take into account how good Aston Villa are at home. You know how good Watkins is as well at the moment. He's so consistent. I think it would be very difficult for me to go against Watkins. I think he's pretty much nailed as my captain anyway.
1: In terms of did did you have time amongst all this? December Chaos to, to pick out a, yeah, differential, a
0: differential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I was I was more, I tell you what, Mark, I'll let you go. We'll we'll do your differential first because I always go first and I always have the same one. So if you pick the one I've got, then I'll just change because I've got a couple.
1: It has it has happened a couple of times, you're right. Well, first of all, yet again, two game two game weeks ago, both of ours blanked. We seem to be on, on a streak for that. You you had Garnacho <laughs> a couple of games ago. I think it might have been that Bournemouth one. When they yeah. lost, um, and I went for Johan Visser because um, I don't know why. I really don't know why. Uh, this week, well, okay. The first name, the name I'm going to go with is Leon Bailey. Oh. Is that what he oh. is? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, I should have gone first. <laughs> no, it's all right, you go. Does it feel good, doesn't feel good, does it?
1: Um, so B- Bailey's on four successive returns. He's um, in his last four matches he's he's I think he scored two, assisted two, done a yeah. nice little streak. Diaby did get the start over him at the weekend, but if anything, that might add to the argument that it's Bailey's turn this time. So I would back him against against Sheffield United. Um he is also noticed that he's on ten returns this season and five of them came off the bench. So even if he was restricted to sort of twenty yeah. twenty five minutes, he could Still, he's he's proven that he can return in that time, so I like the pick of Bailey.
0: Who's your? Backup? I love that shot. Love that shot. Well, I think with Bailey at the moment, he, it's it's obvious, isn't it, that Emory prefers Bailey at the moment. You know, I, I think he had a knock last game. I think that's why he probably didn't start, but then came on anyway in the end for the Arby. But like, you can, I think you can guarantee, guarantee he starts this week. And he's just so good, isn't he? He's, so it seems to be in the form of his life at the moment. Bailey, he's a great shout as well. You know, if you were going to take a punt in midfield this week, for those listening, you know, who who fancy a, a or maybe even an Anthony Gordon replacement if if injured, then um, then yeah, I really like Bailey, um, especially this week. But yeah, I've gone for I've gone for Richarlison this week, so he was he was in my list. I think. He started the last two, obviously, he started up front as well. And, he's, and I think he's picked up over 20 something points in the last two matches, scored in both. So he's, he's, he looks back at it again. He can be frustrating. You know. We know how frustrating he can be. We've all been there with Ricardo in the past. But he's playing against his old club. He's in form. And the way Tottenham attack, I don't think anyone, I don't think any team have managed to stop Tottenham from scoring this season. I'd have to double check that. But I don't think anyone stopped them from scoring. And I don't think Everton will either. Everton are in great form. I just feel like, you know, Ricardo's against his old club, I feel like he's got something in that game.
1: Yeah, Everton's defense is sort of good enough right now to maybe talk someone out of captaining son. But, yeah, 100%. Um, but you would still think that Spurs are so good in attack that it would probably. Reach the defense and yeah, Richarlison is is a great shout to do that. Sort of really iron him up to replace Sun during those uh yeah. club weeks as well. Unless Madison's back by then, I don't know. I don't know what the latest on him is. But yeah, he's a great shout. The former club syndrome as well. That that could be that could that could go well. It could go terribly. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think you've also a good plan B there. Good,
0: good one. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a good place to wrap things up for us. It's been a pleasure to have you on the pod, Lewis. Thanks for your yeah, expertise. Good to be back. Good to be back. Absolutely. Uh, we will be back. Um, well, we're going to do our best to squeeze some in over Christmas, over the, over the festive period to make up for last week. But uh, please make sure in the meantime to check out FF Community's website and give us a follow on Twitter at FF Community underscore. And we hope you join us next time. Thanks for listening and uh, Merry Christmas.